Hey everybody, I'm Chucky, he's Jason, this is our buddy Teaser. Thanks for tuning in for another uh, segment of Bookends. I looked for a chalkboard behind me because it has been chalk city in baseball uh, of late. I mean, these favorites are an unbelievable winning streak, Jay. I mean, the betters are doing well with it. The guests are smiling. Uh, I know we've called it a, a free bingo square, betting against the Diamondbacks every day. Uh, but a lot of these favorites are doing really well. I think you look at every division right now, the bottom team in every division in baseball is on at least a three-game losing streak and all the way up to a 12 or longer game losing streak. So it's been rough from our side of the counter as far as baseball goes. Yeah, and you know, baseball, historically for us on our side of the counter, we go through these uh, bad stretches of baseball where the guests do really, really well in baseball. Normally comes more in that After July, the All-Star break. Yeah, right, comes in that right. July or August uh, you know, period of time when there's really no other sports of basketball or hockey going on and it's baseball all by itself and the teams start to separate themselves and make those playoffs off pushes um, but yeah this has been you know whether it's uh, the COVID season or just these these teams are really bad but um, from a standpoint of the Pirates who have now lost 10 in a row as we sit here today uh, the Orioles have lost seven in a row the Diamondbacks have lost 13 in a row the Diamondbacks have lost 27 of their last 29 games they've also lost 22 straight road games uh, you've got the Orioles who um, John Means threw a no-hitter at Seattle on May 7th. They have not run, won a road game since that time. I think their stretch is now 19 straight road games. And so um, the players are really betting against, not even betting on the good teams. The, their parlays are betting on these bad teams, and not only betting on the bad teams to lose, but betting on the bad teams to not cover betting run against lines. the bad teams. Yeah, betting, either, right? betting against the right. bad teams and, and betting these favorites not just to win the game, but the favorites on the run lines minus the run and a half. And so so even though these teams are so bad where they're, you know, a dollar eighty dog or a dollar ninety dog and, and the favorites are two fifty or two bucks on those run lines where you're getting minus a quarter or even in some cases, you know, even money or plus ten and putting those in their parlays and just watching these parlay prices, uh, you know, extrapolate out. It's uh, it's been a, a rough go for us here in the month of June from a baseball standpoint. And we'll see if these bad teams can kind of uh, change the course for us a little bit. But it banned some um, really kind of historical. I mean, the Arizona Diamondbacks, what they're doing right now, uh, they're breaking some records for losses. And if you look at from a, just a, a major league historical standpoint, their their win loss percentage is putting them uh, down with the the worst 20 teams in baseball of, of all time. So With you saying that about parlays, we had, a, we had a happy guest here this morning. He cashed two different eight-teamers for $100, uh, cashed out close to $25,000. Eight-teamers for $100 and predominantly all favorites uh, uh, in baseball. So uh, it's kind of a free lottery ticket, as, as you said. You just look at these teams. Bad teams are just playing so bad right now, and it's kind of an easy bet against. Uh, they just come up to the window, and uh, who are they playing? And I think for us it gets a little bit more compounded because it used to be the the late game, the West Coast game, was just the Dodgers. But now you've got the Giants and Padres that are playing so well. So everything's kind of dumping into those three teams, especially when they're all at home and it's a late game on, on a typical baseball night. Yeah, the Giants in particular, I think they're they're covering the run line at a 64% clip, which is absolutely uh, ridiculous. But again, you look at the teams in that division that are struggling in Arizona and Colorado, Colorado on yep. the road. Now, Colorado um, at home has been playing really, really well, but Colorado on the road... Uh, 
on the road seems like uh, they flip a switch and just uh, aren't able to play on the road. They're another one that's been had some really, really bad streaks um, from a road standpoint. Right. A couple days ago, Arizona, I think, had a 7-0 lead after two innings and found a way to lose that game. Could have broken that streak, uh, but unfortunately couldn't find a way and yeah. got beaten that game as well. They're, the Diamondbacks, you know, when we, we keep bringing them up because they've really been the thorn in the book side and they're really the team that um, is making the, the public a, a lot of money uh, right now. They, um, they're 17th in the league in hitting. They, they can square up the ball. They're, they're not uh, a pitching. absolutely yeah. terrible hitting team, but their pitching is just ha- has fallen off the table. And with uh, Bumgarner kind of out of the rotation and hurt and Zach Gallon out of the lineup uh, for so long, he'll actually be back today uh, making a start off the IL. So hopefully they get uh, um, uh, some health, their guys healthy and can get back in and uh, play a little bit more competitive baseball as we move forward. Well, I think it's going to be interesting, too, with, with base, baseball's new kind of initiative on the foreign substance um, that goes into effect, just to kind of see what, what effect that has on games, because we know the teams are striking out at, at a crazy uh, ratio right now, and pitchers have dominated, so let's see if that changes anything at all, but uh, but you're absolutely right about the way they've been betting these games. Yeah, again, uh, you know, talking about the dominant pitchers and guys getting hurt, and, uh, you know, we saw a Tyler Glass now uh, make his first start after the supposed crackdown on uh, foreign substances, and and then he got hurt and was complaining that essentially, right, yeah. you know, he he uh, felt like he got hurt because he wasn't able to use those substances. So, um, you know, Major League Baseball's got a, a challenge on their hands with this, and I don't think it's new to the game. I think the game has seen this for the last <laughs> right. fifty years of you know whether it's nail files out on the mound or uh, you know rubbing oil. So was it Gaylord Perry who threw it out when the when the umpire you know, came just out? Just finding right. finding new ways, and and unfortunately. Um, um, some stories that I, that I was reading this weekend of, you know, obviously we we're all aware of the Astros issues, but uh, way more stuff coming out about other players right. and, and uh, some of the things that they did throughout the years. And um, again, it's a it's a game trying to find that advantage, trying that edge and pushing the envelope. It uh, doesn't make it right. Um, but uh, the game that, that's kind of just been always part of the game of baseball. So uh, hopefully Major League Baseball can crack, tra- you know, crack this down and get the players back to where they're supposed to be. And uh, we have a good competitive game right. uh, and everybody doing things the right way. Yeah, I think baseball, you know, not even at the all star break yet and you've really seen that that kind of clear divide as we touched on earlier you normally see it later after kind of the trade deadline you see these teams that the haves and the have-nots I don't remember it quite this early in the season before but we'll see what the second half uh, of baseball has and it's going to be interesting at the trade deadline too because a lot of teams do need some pitching help there's not a lot of pitchers out there Scherzer's hurt right now John Gray's a guy Sonny Gray have been mentioned as potential guys that could get moved to some teams we'll see how it all shakes out. Yeah it's going to be you know we talk about these bottom feeding teams they're 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 at the bottom of the division, but the tops of the divisions are really competitive. The, the two top two, top three teams in each division, um, we've got a lot of chances right. for teams that are going to be trying to make runs for the playoffs and deciding whether they're uh, buyers or sellers as we move to that trade deadline. And one other note that I wanted to make just on teams, uh, you know, sp- specific uh, bet types, um, the Minnesota Twins games are going over at a 66% clip, um, which again is, a, you know, not a not a normal number right. that you see out there. So another thing to check out is check out those so twin twins games. Twins over and Giants on the run line sounds like a good yeah, well, don't even every yeah, parlay. Uh, we could build a we could build a seventeen <laughs> right. parlay for Just you right off talking, the bat. Hey, right. Rockies on the road, right. Orioles on the road, right. Diamondbacks on the road. Uh, you know, can you, Astros is another team that you could play over. I think their right. overs are at a. 61% clip, but the the Twins game over at 66, that's a that's a pretty high percentage. Yeah. Uh, we're going to jump over to hockey now, and I think the same thing. I mean, you look at uh, VGK, although they, they did lose last night, which was a good game for our side of the counter, um, but they had won seven straight games. They had won uh, uh, four in a row, um, 
come back against uh, Colorado and looked so good in that series. Or I'm sorry, they had won uh, five straight games against Colorado and then won that first game against Montreal. And the betters backed them in all those games on the puck line uh, and bet them straight. Uh, they've been playing so well right now. But we've got a series uh, against Montreal now. I thought Montreal responded really well. Um, I know they're only going to have twenty five to 3,000 people um, in Game 3 in Montreal, but those 3,000 people might be as loud as the 18,000 people in T-Mobile. Uh, ticket prices are outrageous there. It's, you know, it's their sport. It's hockey. It's in Montreal. It's where Fleury's, you know, grew up, the team that he was rooting for. I think it's going to be an interesting series right now. I really thought they might walk through them, but at 1-1 now, pressure really goes back to VGK to have to steal one game on the road. Yeah, and I'll go back uh, even to the just to the Colorado series of starting down 2-0 and then uh, making that four-game run and, and talking about, you know, what that means to our side of the counter. And again, uh, you know, we're crying and crying in our soup here over uh, the baseball results and how we're not doing well in baseball, but the the nights were absolutely horrible for us for that for that four game stretch. Well, we still want them to win in advance. Well, I think. yeah, I mean, at some point in there's time, there's a lot of good stuff though. <laughs> it draws more people to the book. I um, mean, the atmosphere, the crowds, and they're betting the nights into a bunch of other stuff too. I think it generates sure. a lot of handle. And I know from a fan's perspective, we're nights fans, but I know from the other side of the counter, it can be rough sometimes. Yeah, I, I, I you know, the the Avalanche being able to take those first two games for them, and it wasn't like. Um, the Knights fans were out in droves those first two games in Colorado. I think that there was uh, a sense of nervousness and not that uh, pure confidence to put their money down on the Knights. And, a- and then after the Knights got kind of lit up in that first game 7-1 to one, uh, with Leonard and Nett and, and really didn't play well at all, I think it uh, made people a little bit hesitant and, and we didn't see a ton of night money in, in game two. Uh, but when they got home, it was that, that desperation of, hey, they're down 2 nothing. Essentially, if they lose this game 3 their season's over. So the public money. And they were down 2-1 with about five minutes to go in game three. I mean, they don't win that game. Maybe yep. the whole series, the series is different, no yep. question. They, they they come back, they win game three. Uh, the, the the building was absolutely the, Crazy, you know, yeah. blowing the roof off the place. Uh, win game four, and now they've got all that momentum. And, and game two, game three, and game four, they were clearly the better team on the ice. I mean, they were they had dominated right. play. Um, and so it gave betters a lot of confidence to come back in game five, even though it was going back to Colorado because the Knights had dominated play so much. So we saw a lot of money back on the Knights when they got up to Colorado. And then, of course, being able to close it out in game six and kind of have that four-game right. stretch of just really playing that the Avalanche um, so very well and winning those four games was really bad um, from a standpoint of, of us paying tickets. And then uh, game one, uh, again, it continued there. And it really did continue into game two. We were we were lucky uh, to get that win from Montreal because I really do think, again, the Knights were the better, the better team, team on the team, ice. No question. You know, that, that first period kind of, uh, you, you know, I think you talked about it last night, that's kind of a lazy first period that right. they played. Um, and then obviously we got as Montreal was on their heels, though, the entire oh. second and th- especially the third period. I mean, I was surprised the Knights didn't tie it up, to be honest with you. They had a shot with Stone, had kind of a wide-open net there, and I think it was Toffoli who got his stick in the way, but they clearly had Montreal on their heels the entire third period. Yeah, and I think this is, again, uh, you know, a wake-up call and uh, uh you know that we can't take a walk in the park um, and, and beat this team. We're in the semifinals of the Stanley Cup playoffs, and you know that we have to come each and every day um, and play a full 60 minutes. So I, I think that uh, again, going on the on the road up to Montreal the first time and uh, heading right. up to Canada, but uh, I think the, the guys got some confidence. Uh, it, you know, continue to play here. It still is a Montreal team that, outside of the loss in Game One, has won eight of their last nine playoff games, uh, and they held the lead in in the in the previous seven games before they lost in Game One to Vegas. Once they got the lead, they never relinquished the lead. Same thing in Game 2. 
they got the lead and they knew how to play and they didn't relinquish that lead. So um, I agree with you. I, you look at the series price and even the price in the game, it still clearly favors VGK. But this is a good Montreal team. I mean, they're a very young team. They gained a lot of confidence. But the key to that team, like the key to us, is they've got a guy between the pipes who can steal a series and steal a game at any time, and that's Carey Price. So I think the battle between Flurry and Price is going to be really interesting the rest of the series. This uh, this series started to get a little bit chippy as we got to the middle. Right. You know, the game one was pretty clean, not not too much, but uh, kind of the middle of game Corey two, Perry Corey and, Perry yeah, starting yeah. to stir the pot, and uh, <laughs> you saw Reeves, Reeves starting to get yeah. a little bit more active. So as this series goes on, uh, potentially look for that type of stuff. Uh, I think there was actually a, a point in time where I saw Flurry, uh, you know, tapping somebody on the back right. of the butt as it was as he was. He does that a lot. Yeah, it's all good stuff. Um, so I think this uh, we're going to see this, cheer, this series get a little bit chippy as we move forward too. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see the rest. And on, of the, on the other series, you know, again we we saw the Islanders steal Game One um, in Tampa and then Tampa rebound. Um, I, I keep saying that the the storyline is written here that the Islanders will it somehow uh, you know pull this series Barry out. Barry Trotz beat, against yeah, the VGK. That, again, uh, yeah. You know, the, the Knights lost their first uh, Stanley Cup to the Capitals, and Barry Trotz was the uh, of course the the coach of that team, and uh, now he moves to the Islanders, and it could it be a a rematch of uh, of the the Knights Stanley Cup loss to go up against Trotz and the Islanders in the uh, in the finals, but uh, the Lightning I'm sure are going to have something to say about that. But again, that series has been really really good. Uh, again, two teams uh, skating up and down the ice, and you know I didn't think that. Uh, Montreal was going to give the Knights much of a series. I thought uh, the Knights would kind of roll through this series and was hoping that Tampa and, and the Islanders would kind of beat each other up. Uh, but they both look good. They both look fast. Um, need to keep those teams off the power play. That's one of um, you know the, the big things that those teams score on is getting on the power especially play. Especially Tampa. I mean, they're really, really good on the back end, especially with uh, Kucherov. They're, they're very talented on the power play. So if the, if the Knights can get there, I'm, uh, I'm excited and looking forward to the, uh, the cup final. Yeah, me too. I, I think if they get there, it's you know, who do you want? I mean, you get Tampa, who's arguably, I mean, who is the defending champs, and they're healthy now with Kucherov back. They're really, really good. Or you get, as you mentioned, the Islanders with Barry Trotz. And you can make a case that he's the, the best tactical coach in the league from period to period or game to game. Remember, VGK won the first game against the Capitals here at T-Mobile uh, four years ago in the Stanley Cup final and then lost four straight, including the decisive game five here um, to hoist the cup. So well, uh, I, he's a very good coach. So it'll be interesting to see if we do make it through who we get. And you know, we're going to have home ice regardless. But uh, I don't think either team's going to be easy for us. If, I, if I'm a Knights fan, I, I want to play Tampa. Um, I think it'll be a much more wide-open series because they play high-scoring games yeah. like they did in the series before against uh, Carolina where you're seeing 6-4, 7-5 games. I think it's a much more wide-open game where I think with the Islanders it's going to be a lot of you know checking, a lot of dump and chase, a lot of low-scoring, tighter games, I think. Yeah, and I, and the, the thing that why I say I think they play Tampa is I think that the um, exactly what they did against the Avalanche, they could do against Tampa is match up well against that first line. Use the second, third, and fourth lines um, to try and go, you know, win those games. But uh, stay off the penalty, uh, stay off the penalty kill, and uh, just manage being able to play that, that first line with matchups and should be okay against Tampa. Tampa's really good on the back end though too defensively. They're they're very very good. We're gonna jump to the the NBA now, and I think kind of the story is is injuries. I mean, we knew it was Harden, and then uh, Kyrie Irving, uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard is out. Uh, Chris Paul with COVID. Uh, we saw Conley with. Um, uh, with the Jazz, so there's just been a number of Embiid injuries. Has been... Yep, Embiid, Embiid. Yeah, there's been a number of injuries uh, throughout. It's been entertaining though. I think 
you look at the Suns right now, and although you know they're not sure when Chris Paul will be back, I mean they're just kind of sitting there after they went through the Lakers. Uh, they win their next series against Denver, looked really really good um, in that series, and and now you look at that team who's just kind of sitting back, kind of getting some rest, and you can make a case that they might be the best team out west right now, at least the healthiest, depending on what happens with Chris Paul. And the Nets look so good in those first two games against Milwaukee. Um, Milwaukee was able to come back and win the next two. Um, and they were playing in that next game with kind of a, a beat-up James Harden. They led the entire game, Game 5, found a way to lose that game late. Uh, it looks like Harden will play in Game 6, but uh, Kyrie's definitely going to be out in this game. So wonder if Milwaukee can tie that series up or not. And Atlanta had a huge road win, as did the Clippers uh, in their series. So, I mean, you have to look at those two series, too. Although they're banged up a little bit, uh, both teams have a chance to close out those series at home. It's been really kind of amazing to watch the home road swings here and teams being able to go and win on the road and you talk about Which Atlanta. Which is uncharacteristic yeah, in Atlanta the NBA. was down 20 you know, into the third quarter against the Sixers and uh, put up that big fourth quarter to make the comeback. But I'm going to go back to, to your start of that conversation of, of uh, the team that's sitting there waiting is uh, that Phoenix Suns. And obviously um, Chris Paul, we'll see what's going to happen with him. But Be- uh, Booker has really kind of turned great. on his, uh, his inner mamba, um, <laughs> I, I'll call it, uh, this series. And he's been absolutely incredible. And Aiton and the way that team's playing defense and we saw this in the bubble last year that this team was, you know, sitting in that um, nine, ten, eight playoff spot. They almost and, made it, you know, right, yeah. and, and had a chance to. I think they run the they run the they ran the table. They did eight yep, wins yep, in, they in did. the bubble at the end of the season last year, and um, obviously sitting in the in the second spot in the in the Western Conference. And so uh, while we're shocked that they were able to knock off the Lakers and Denver again, health issues, not right. having their guys, um, but but uh, Phoenix is uh, they're a dangerous team they now are. again going into. Uh, Utah being able to take those first two games from the Clippers. Uh, the Clippers, you know, take them back in, in L.A., and then Kawhi's out, and they're able to steal a game back in Utah. Um, so if uh, if Kawhi can somehow find his way back into this lineup and the Clippers can close this out, um, I think that's a great matchup. With I don't Phoenix. think he will. But if he did, of course, that's a that's a huge advantage coming back home uh, with a three two lead. I, I don't think he will. I mean, there's been a, a lot of rumblings that he might miss, you know, the the entire playoffs depending on how far they advance. But yeah, that would be a, a you know. If he's able to run on the court a la Willis-Reed, I mean, that would be something for the Clippers. So it's it's sitting pretty for, for Phoenix right now. They've got to like where they're sitting and kind of what's happening in the rest and in, in the in that other Western Conference series. And in the East, yeah, I, I think it, you, you talk about the Nets, uh, you know, able to get Harden back on the floor and, and uh, Durant doing what he's doing. If they can somehow find a way to close this series out, uh, whether it's Atlanta or Philly, um, if they're able to be healthy. And, again, they're still that uh, – you know, favorite to win the NBA championship, and they've got their guys banged up. So if you can get those guys back on the floor, um, it's it pencils to be a really nice matchup with Phoenix. But man, there's something about this Phoenix team, Phoenix team, right. and the run that they're making right now. I, I love Book the way he's played. I, I agree with you, and I think just being able to add Chris Paul and have that veteran leadership back there has really kind of changed that team a lot. Um, in the Nets' case, it's so much different for them when they only have one of the three stars playing. They're only nine and six. Um, that number goes up with two, and of course with three, we saw the dominance and the high totals. But they're going to need to get those guys back and get healthy. It's not going to be easy to win a game six in Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee probably ties that series up, and we'll see if Kyrie can come back or not if there is a Game 7. Um, so both NHL NBA playoffs are so much fun right now, guys. We kind of touched on baseball, but we've got a big golf tournament this weekend, too, and uh, everybody's pounding lefty. I mean, it's uh, it's his home course. He's looking for the career with Grand Slam, being able to, to win this tournament, 
And, um, you know, there's a lot of liability industry-wide. They've really pounded him a lot. Um, it'll be interesting to see, number one, if he makes a cut. Number two, if he's, you know, kind of playing on that back nine on that Sunday, which would add so much intrigue um, industry-wide. But it's, uh, it, it's fun to see the success that he's had so late in his career right now. Yeah, and golf waging has really kind of exploded. Uh, you know, I think that um, it was one of the sports that kind of came back and was one of the first to start playing again as right. we got through COVID. And um, the... the uh, the talent level and the and the guys and the the charisma of the guys, uh, a Kepka and a DeChambeau, um, you know, and they're kind of. Uh, battle uh, right. right now, and and obviously Tiger not being a part of things right now. But there's some um, really creative but even DJ and yeah, JT. Cool there's so many young, talented, fun golfers to watch right now. Yeah, there's so many personalities that uh, and golf is uh, doing much better job, I think, of of uh, marketing these guys. And you see so much more talk in golf of social media, and so it's really lent its trash talk way more. But I mean, way more wagering right. on yep. golf than what we've ever seen. And so you know, we'll be updating the odds after each round. And, right. and putting up matchups after each round, a lot of props and, and things, right? Um, even yeah. the matches. I mean, they're up. But even the, the fun matches that we've had, we've seen in the past, and we have up now. Uh, you know, it's 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 Brady and uh, and Phil against DeChambeau and, and Rogers, right? Yep. So I mean, that's kind of it's drawn a lot of interest as well. Even though it's only been up for a short time and it's still a ways away, so uh, golf really has done a good job of that stuff. Yeah, and you, you talked about it. We won't be cheering for for Phil. <laughs> There's a lot of liability um, throughout the, the um, you know the city on on him to complete this. Uh, career uh, uh, grand slam but uh, you know it's tough to uh, and it's not a, cheer for it'll, these it'll guys on Sunday which lines. is Father's Day the Knights play on that day so it'll be uh, it'll be interesting so uh, just touching on that too it's, it's going to be a fun weekend with a lot going on I want to wish all the dads out there too uh, you know happy Father's Day enjoy all the sporting events that are going on and now such a great time with all this we know it's so hot outside and people are you know spending maybe more time at home or by the pool what a great time to get signed up for STN Sports we still have the, the $100 bonus going on right now up to $100 bonus you can get the STN mobile cap with a $50 deposit and it really brings everything that we're talking about to the palm of your hand and if you're in one of our books you want to run in we've got the kiosk at all of our properties wildfire gaming the El Cortez you can make STN mobile deposits on the kiosk you're in and out in a hurry skip the line but really it's a great time to have the app right now you know, especially you know one of the other we've got kind of two other um, somewhat more obscure events not the not the meat and potatoes of our basketball, you know, uh, hockey and baseball, but um, the Euro 2020, right. Euro 2021, as we sit here, um, where we've got games at 6 o'clock in the morning, 9 o'clock. They're drawing and, and a lot noon. of good early yeah, handle. Lot, yeah, a lot of handle on those. So, again, just another reason to get the app so you don't have to try and run down the book before that 6 o'clock right. in the morning game starts. Hop on the app, be able to bet those games. we got first and second half wagering on the games, a lot of props on the on the Euro games, so some, some fun stuff there. And um, we're going to be starting the College World Series as we sit here this weekend. And um, so all the uh, guys are heading their way to Omaha and, uh, I think we're going to see some uh, some good games, some good competitive games uh, in the College World Series. Yeah, so many fun things again. So beat the heat, get signed up for the SCN mobile app. You can play from anywhere you're at. Just you know, so much going on right now. It really is a fun time uh, for us because usually this time of year, it's kind of only baseball. NBA and NHL may already be over, or usually by Father's Day, it's pretty much done. So we wouldn't have that stretch where you still only kind of have the conference finals um, set up, even though it's the, the Final Four in hockey and, and basketball is not to the conference finals yet. So a lot of good stuff going on. Uh, he's Jason. That's our buddy Teaser. I'm Chucky. We'll see you guys next week on a segment of Bookends. Bookends.